Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Case for the FBI, Cross-Examining Reality. I'm Cassie. And I'm Kristen. And today we're going to start off with a review I promised last week. And that would be the review of Miss Farrah Abrams. I believe her first. We discovered there might be <laughs> something of a children's book. Um <gasps> It's called Passy Perfume. We left it at that. I might look further into it. I don't know. I got a little scared. Um, but this one was called When My Oh crap, I already forgot the end of my teenage dream. Or yeah, like my my teenage dream ended or something like that. Yeah. Sorry. I read it on Kindle. I searched it just by her name. I literally just looked this up. Um, and I've already forgotten it. So it's all right. That's not a good start for the review. I was going to say, obviously. So um, (laughs) do you just want to like start us off by just giving us, you know, your rating out of five stars? Okay. I was thinking about this because I knew that's what you were going to ask me. And I feel like I have to give it different ratings for different things. Does that make sense? It's hard to give it an overall rating. Okay. For enjoyability... I would definitely give it like a four out of five. It was definitely interesting because it was all stuff I had, like, I didn't know anything about. Wow. So if you're into, you know, teen mom and things like we are, like, it was interesting to read because like we mentioned before, you know, they never really talked about Derek and this, I mean, I don't think she left a single detail out (laughs) about their relationship. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Even the spicy ones. Oh yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, and you know, it was easy to read it, it, because like I mentioned before, you know, she was saying like, and it was just, you know, it sounded like a teenager wrote it. It was very quick. Like I, I felt like I was just reading a conversation. It was very, chill. you know, it was, it was a quick, easy read. Okay. So, you know, I give it a, a five star for that. Okay. As far as structure or (laughs) honestly this maybe might not even be so much on her as it is the publisher Mm -hmm. I would give you know the grammar and the structure and things like that probably a two out of five there were a lot of typos what (laughs) I was just gonna say because when you said that she uses like a lot in the book I'm like did an editor even read this book like was it edited I really don't think they did. And, you know, I will say, though, like, I even remember reading Jessica Simpson's, like, autobiography, Mm -hmm. and I remember finding a couple of typos in there, too, and I just imagine that these people are probably reading so much and so many books, like, there are some things that they just, like, already kind of know what it's supposed to say and kind of miss those things, which, I mean, it's supposed to be their job to catch it, so I don't really know that that's great. Right. But especially towards the end, I caught a lot of them where it would be, like, I can't think of an example, but like it would say like my and it should have said me. Uh-huh. Okay. Or it said Ann and it should have said and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And so that's more reflective on the publishing group. So Farah, I hope your celebrity <laughs> sex tape books were published by a different publisher. I was um, gonna say, I mean, that just kind of speaks to the publisher and maybe, <clears throat> you know, obviously. I would imagine that if Fair decides she wants to write a book and she's, you know, shopping around for whoever wants to publish her, she probably doesn't have Simon and Schuster, whatever the big ones are. Exactly. Exactly. Especially with her first book. Like she's, she was only on Teen Mom. Like they didn't realize then how much it was going to blow up and things like that. But what I will also say is other than just her and Derek's relationship, excuse me, that it shed a lot of light on. It shed a lot of light on her family situation too. So that's what I wanted to hear. Yes. So both of her parents have been arrested. (gasps) For like what kind of crimes? Yes. So the first one mentioned in the book was her dad. So um, essentially for whatever reason, she had snuck Derek into the house and they thought it would just be a real fun spicy time to go have sexual relations in her sister's room instead of her room they thought that was really spicing it up okay and they thought her dad was asleep um I don't know if he heard them or like it was around the time he was supposed to wake up those details were not included but basically he walks in on the two of them intercoursing (laughs) 
and it's spicy yes he apparently threatens Derek with a knife what <laughs> yes and so Derek's family does press charges and he wow. does go to jail wow for how long um I think it was just a night I don't think it was anything super crazy wow. but yes he was arrested there um should be a mugshot on the internet I probably should have looked that up because I bet it would be Ooh, great that would have been cool um but the second one that is brought up is her mother and let me tell you Deborah. this one this one it honestly probably made the whole book like <gasps> it was great it just made the whole thing worth it yes so a pa- so from this instance farah does allude to us that this is not the first time that her and her mother or even her mother and her sister have gotten into a physical altercation oh my so, gosh <clears throat> Yes. So I felt like that was very eye-opening. I will say, honestly, I, you know, I've said from the beginning that Farah is one of my favorites. Do I think that she has made the best decisions in her life? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But after reading this book, I do have a lot of respect for her. And after this full review, I will also talk about why her Instagram led me to respect her a little bit more. Ooh. So basically, I can't remember exactly what ensued the argument it may have simply just been that her mom was tired of having to help her with Sophia or something along those lines Mm -hmm. and they got into a physical fight like pulling hair throwing punches um so that happened she says that she remembers she was like holding her mom's hair and heard her saying like ow let go let go let go and so she was like okay like this is not good like I gotta go so she goes Mm -hmm. upstairs with Sophia she looks she has like scratches on her face a busted lip etc etc so she decides to call the police and so the police do show up and Farah's going downstairs hoping to kind of you know open the door before her mother does Um, and as she's coming down the stairs the police officer is holding a gun at her mom (gasps) Because her mom had knives in her hands and would not put them down. Oh my God. Yes. And so they're just sitting here like, ma'am, we need you to put the guns <laughs> down, the knives down. And Farah's like, why are you trying to shoot my mom? Like, put the gun down. And they're like, we cannot put the gun down until your mother puts the knives down. <laughs> and so Farah's like talking to her mom. She's like, mom, it's okay. Like, put the knives down like they're gonna shoot you and kill you if you don't put the knives down Uh and so she kind of describes it as like her mom kind of like having this like click in her head and she like realizes what's going on and she puts the knives down um her mom also goes to jail wow yeah 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 um and so from there she was not allowed to be around Sophia unless supervised by a third party and that not being Farah. So wow. her and Farah could not be together alone with the baby. There had to oh. be someone outside of Farah with her with Sophia. Interesting. And do you know like timeline how old was Sophia at this point? A few months like wow. maybe I would say at the oldest a year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, oh and God. so they they sentenced her. so Farah did end up dropping the charges, Um, so she didn't get jail time, but the judge there still took it very seriously, which I appreciate, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, Farah probably did at the time, too. She did still have to serve community service and was required Mm -hmm. to go to anger management classes and, of course, was not allowed to be left alone with the baby. Okay. I think that's fair. See, this is all very great information to have because like when we were watching the show, obviously they have the most toxic relationship, Farah and her parents, but we didn't know why. And we didn't know what, which person it was coming from, like who the toxic one was. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which I mean, you could, I mean, after reading her book now, like what would you say, where is the toxicity coming from? So I do think it's mainly her mom okay. because she talks about growing up and her parents' relationship. And it was always a situation where, you know, they would get into a fight and someone would leave. Like they would go like okay. away, away. Like they didn't just go stay at a hotel in town. Like they were gone. And she wow. describes like this moment. And 
I felt like this was like really where everything kind of like changed towards like kind of how I felt about her. She was talking mm-hmm. about how she spent a lot of time at her grandparents because her parents were always away working or they were fighting and weren't mm-hmm. together and they've broken up and gotten back together. And she attributes that to her dad not being able to ha- handle conflict. And he just kind of like caves into what her mom wants or runs away. Wow. But she was describing this one time um, that they were leaving her at her grandma's. And she basically says, like, I remember sitting there crying, just being like, what is wrong with me? Like, when will I be enough for someone to like, want to be with me and love me because her parents never wanted anything to do with her. Oh, I know it just broke my heart. She was like, really sucks. I loved my grandparents and like, I was glad that I got to spend time with them. And like, she definitely shares that she has fond memories with her parents too, but she like very much remembers that one instance, like watching, like begging her parents not to leave her Mm -hmm. and just being like, you know, what have I done wrong as a child that my parents don't want to be with me? They don't want to be around me. They don't want to spend time with me. Right. Yeah. My God. Like abandonment is such a terrible thing to deal with. Yeah. Um, so you, you can say whatever you want about Farah, but it would be difficult for anyone to go through a situation like that. And the fact that it never changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like her parents still acted like that to that day. And I do feel like that probably explains a lot of the time why she kind of switches between calling her dad, Michael and dad. I have a feeling that he was just like, so in and out so often that, you know, it kind of became a thing for her where it's like, well, you're not really feeling like my dad right now. So I'm gonna call you Michael. That I literally was just going to ask, like, did she talk about why she calls him Michael? But that makes so much more sense now, because like you said, if he's not fit, like fulfilling that dad role maybe she just feels that she doesn't want to call him that yeah and I do know that I know that her relationship with her mom is still very like rocky and on edge just because Mm -hmm. her mom is a her mom is a lunatic her mom is (laughs) nuts they should have when she got arrested they shouldn't have just sent her to anger management they should have sent her for testing for bipolar or schizophrenia or like borderline personality or something that woman is not right in the head and I don't think that they're still oh sorry about that I don't think that they're still super close I I think that maybe they they still see each other and she's in Sophia's life but her and her dad are a lot closer um and she she kind of talks about that in the book like I thought it was really nice she kind of addresses like how now that she's become a parent and is older she can kind of understand why they did some of the things that they did okay which I think happens to a lot of us when we get older right it's like Mm -hmm. easier to understand like oh god our parents were people and they were just doing the best that they could but right when you're a kid it really doesn't matter right exactly or like you think that like your parents were right all along mm-hmm. to, you know, even though you didn't believe it when you were little. Um, so all of this information, did you get from her Instagram in terms of like how it looks now in terms of her relationship with her parents? No, she talked about it a little bit at the end of the book. And I guess like kind of what she's shown on Instagram did confirm it. Okay. Um, she still is just you know what? She's authentically herself. I will I will <laughs> say that. Um, whether it be a little bit quirky or whatever it may be she's so authentically herself and you know what she allows Sophia to be 100% herself Sophia is a goth princess she um, is goth it's honestly a little bit scary and I think that might have a lot to do with how scary she was just on the show even before she was a teenager like this girl used to like growl and bite at people <laughs> I know like, you remember we, sh- we should have known that she was gonna be goth. exactly we really should have <laughs> Um, but her and Sophia are super close. Um, they do so much together. Um, she had her a little fun photo shoot for her 13th birthday and it was all goth theme and she, you know, kind of participated so she could like, you know, be in Sophia's pictures, but she does a lot of really good advocacy stuff. So she's very active in like sexual assault rape sort of things. Okay. Um, and she's a very big advocate for, you know, making sure that those things are prevented. Um, mm-hmm. People are getting help if they're in those situations. Mm-hmm. And 
I swear this will be the last thing about Farrah Abrams because this is not um, a Farrah Abrams podcast, but I did see one post and it was regarding her departure from Teen Mom, which from what we all know, the the moms on Teen Mom were basically like, if Farrah is going to be on the show, we're not doing it. Um, And so that's why she left. She actually mentioned that the way that they treat the women on the show and speak to them Mm -hmm. is she described it as traumatizing and actually said that she had to go to years of therapy to work through some of the traumas that she encountered working on teen mom. Now she did not give any examples or more details, Mm -hmm. but I did think that was interesting. That is very interesting, um, especially considering, I mean, T-Mom is like still running today. Like yeah. it has been a very successful show. So I wonder, maybe it was just towards Farrah or maybe it was towards all the moms. I don't know. But also so many of them stuck with the show mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. So it, w- it would be hard to imagine, I think, if if like all of the other moms were also treated that way that they like would have hung on for so long. But of course, like at this point now it's like being on the show is their job. Mm-hmm. Like that's and who she also talked about how she's still very much an advocate in educating teens um, to help like prevent teen pregnancy. Okay. But she did say that she does not feel the show is truly presenting that point anymore and that they're glorifying teen pregnancy more so than encouraging people to not do it and I do kind of see her point and what I mean by that is I think 16 and pregnant does a good job of showing you how hard it is and Mm -hmm. um kind of discouraging that kind of behavior but at the same time when you see teen mom I mean maybe in the first couple seasons they're still struggling Mm -hmm. but then at the same time it's like well these women did become really wealthy and successful yeah from having kids at 16 right like now they have their whole careers exactly around it yeah so I mean I kind of get what she's saying I mean you know, I'm no expert. I don't really know. Um, I've beaten teen pregnancy by quite some many years. And um, I wasn't a teen during the peak uh, teen mom years. Right. As in when they peaked. Right. So I kind of understand what she's saying. I didn't feel that way when I was a teen, but I don't know how I would feel if I was a teen now watching them, you know, in these beautiful homes with right. podcasts and companies and books that are like New York, what is it called? New York Times bestsellers. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so that's where I will end on Farrah Abrams. I do feel like I have a new a newer level of respect for her because I always hmm. did like her and let's be honest I think she's crazy but I just I love the drama but I think this book definitely shed a lot of light on why she is the way she is mm-hmm. I also do even though Sophie is a little bit scary I also appreciate the way that she's raising her I feel like she's doing a good job as a mom and I would suggest reading it if you like mm-hmm you know, Farah, and would like to hear more about, I mean, literally, I'm telling you, everything that was in this book is new information. Wow. We've never heard it before. It was never on the show. I mean, I'm sure if you did some internet digging, you probably could find it. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was all stuff I did not know about Farah. So I thought it was yeah. interesting. Will you be reading her other books? Absolutely. I will. Wow. She has a, a line, um, I guess it's celebrity sex tape. So um, it seems that maybe she wrote one before she thought it would it was going to come out, uh-huh. one when it came out, and then one after it had already come out. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, it definitely piqued my interest. I didn't know they were out there, but uh-huh. your girl is interested. Very interesting. Just based on what you were talking about last week, this was not the review that I was expecting from you. So this is very exciting. Yes, I, I would I would recommend it to anyone who cares about learning about Farah's life dynamic if you don't give a fuck about Farah 
you're not going to like it. Okay. I mean, it is pretty <laughs> drama filled, but you're not going to yeah. like it. Right. I had an interest in Farah. I have an interest in her life and the dynamics of her life. So I enjoyed it. If you do not relate to those statements, don't read it. <laughs> it's a very fair assessment. Very fair. Yeah. So speaking of life, we're going to now talk about a person who loves nothing more than to bring life into this world. What a great segue. <laughs> Thank you. And that person, if you didn't know already, is Nick Cannon, our good friend, friend of the podcast, Nick Cannon. Yes, he, we actually got a direct carrier pigeon with the information that this 10th baby was on the way. I thought it was ninth. No, this is the 10th. Oh my gosh. Legendary was the ninth baby. Legendary. Okay. And this is actually with a lady that he already has children with. Oh, I okay. I think her name is, I want to say it's Brittany Bell. Okay. I think okay. they already have two kids together. At this point, he just, he should set up like a sister wife type compound. I mean. Where like, it's just a giant ranch and like each mom gets her own house and he just kind of like travels around the ranch visiting all of his children. I mean, honestly, like. I don't even know how you manage to have time to spend with 10 children. I mean, you don't. <laughs> I guess he just sends them a lot of money to just fill that void. I would imagine anyways. I really, I really would love him to open up about that to the world. Like how, like, I think that would be great information to share with parents anyway, because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure some parents with three kids already feel like they can't spend an, an equivalent amount of time with their children. Like, please tell us how you do it with 10. Right. How do you split your heart into 10 equally sized little pieces? Exactly. Exactly. It's just too much. But I will say the meme content that has come from this has been excellent the best silver lining that's what I love most about the internet is that it could take something as like weird as this and just do a whole meme revolution about it um yeah. so do you have some memes that you wanted to share that you particularly liked about Mr. Cannon yes I will start with one that I thought was funny and then I will share my favorite so the first one um it was similar to the one you sent me where uh -huh. it was just like like 50 <laughs> different iPhones set up in a row and they were all on FaceTime and it just said Nick Cannon FaceTiming all his kids. <laughs> I was like, that's, I mean, group FaceTime. What does he do on Christmas morning? I don't even want to think about it. That sounds like a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Like what if each individual baby mama had to do like a quote unquote fake Christmas like Christmas morning so they can all get time with Nick Cannon. You know, Mariah was like, I get Christmas day. Exactly. The queen of Christmas. She gets what she deserves. Exactly. Or like he has to spend like one hour with each oh. baby mama. Okay. Okay. Well, cause I feel like, or he could break it down a little bit more as he has multiple children with, you know, one or, cause I still think it's what was it? Six baby mamas last time. That sounds about right. Okay. So yeah. it's still six baby mamas. The baby mama number did not increase. Okay. Um, well, that's good. At least he has that ratio kind of evening out a little bit. Yes. But my favorite one that I saw was, it was a picture of Nick <laughs> Cannon and Brittany, Brittany Bell, I believe is her name. As I said, it's sitting next <laughs> to each other. And it said, I'm going to tell my kids that this is Adam and Eve because <laughs> they are trying to procreate the new world. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh yeah. I lost it on that one. I was like, you know what? That's that. I can't find the lie in that one. <laughs> That is Adam and Eve. It's like a modern, modern day Genghis Khan. Like we're all just going to be descendants. And also what you sent me about um, the National Geographic, like they did some, yes. like they programmed some bot to give like a, an average American face in like 2050 or whatever. Yes. It was like, yeah, because everyone by that point will be a descendant, a descendant of, Nick of Nick Cannon. Cannon. <laughs> yes. I forgot about that one. That one was good. Cause she looked like she had like you know the like curly hair that like most African Americans would have and like yeah. the kind of green eyes but like darker skin so they're like yeah everybody's related to Nick Cannon at that point so <laughs> duh 
<laughs> and also, could you pick a more random celebrity to repopulate this earth? No, he would not <laughs> even be in my top 25. <laughs> he just like, I, I don't even know who, if you would have told me, you know, X celebrity has 10 kids with six different baby mamas. I don't even know who I would think of, but it's not Nick Cannon. No, I feel like I would say like 50 cent or something. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not Nick Cannon. Yeah. Who? Or like Travis Scott or something. Yes. Like what? <laughs> These women, I tell you. I am, um, I just want to say that monogamy is looking better and better these days because I'm not, I'm not trying to split my time up with five other competing baby mamas. Absolutely not. I don't even know how I feel about potentially sharing my husband with children. Like I Mm -hmm. definitely do not feel good about sharing my children with multiple different mothers right fathers or whatever the situation is that's too much yeah what would like like so all of the step siblings what would they call like each are they would like can they call each other like cousins or are they all just like half brother half sister I know they probably just don't even explain it to them they're just like that's your brother (laughs) they're like we're not going to explain to you how this works that's your brother right that's too much to explain to a 11 year old I think that's his oldest oh my god so he's had 10 kids in 11 years I, I think him and Mariah Carey's kids are that old I think they are wow I didn't realize that they were the oldest too yeah that was his first taste <laughs> and I think they and had twins they did and it was all downhill from there <laughs> she was like what if I just did this eight more times yeah well he yeah because he has two sets of twins not with the same woman but right oh my gosh that is just incredible unbelievable and it's really interesting to me how he went back to one that he already has children with like Mm -hmm. are you just you're like oh those genes are good so like I'm gonna just like you literally just had a baby with another woman like a month ago right so you were just having intercourse with her. They should do some sort of like psychological experiment on him to figure out like what's going on with his mating habits. Ex- some ain't right. Some ain't right. <laughs> He's looking for some specific trait or something. He wants one to come out looking like him and he hasn't gotten it yet. Says, Where is my Nick Cannon Jr.? <laughs> is there one? There isn't one. Oh, interesting. Wait. So wait, is she just pregnant or she had yeah. baby? She's just pregnant. She hasn't okay, had a baby. Okay. Yet. So we don't know the name yet. No, of this we don't one. know okay. anything about this baby yet. But I'm of- sure I'm sure we will. They don't seem to keep secrets. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. So for this week's episode, we are going to talk about a documentary that I've honestly seen a lot of internet chatter and buzz about a lot of people having a lot of opinions about this documentary and that is untold the girlfriend who did not exist on netflix yes the girlfriend that did not exist is the important part because kristen (laughs) and i did not realize that there were like 73 untolds i know like i knew about those other documentaries on netflix but yeah i literally learned yesterday that they are all under this like series of untold yeah because i like saw just untold as like i can't remember if it was like recent releases or something i was like oh there uh-huh. it is and they started talking about like nike and adidas and i was like <laughs> this is not what i was told this would be about <laughs> i mean you know it has to do with football close <laughs> enough Kristen's like, ha tricked you. Nah, we're going to talk about sports <laughs> shoe companies. <laughs> no, what we're really here for is, of course, the catfishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll start. Like I said last week, I kind of knew about his story. Um, I like vaguely knew how things went down, but obviously this gave way so much more detail. Mm -hmm. So based on what I told you last week, did the story go how you thought it would? Yes and no. Um, I, you know, I knew that this lady was catfishing Uh a football player and then died. 
Um, I did not anticipate her coming back from the dead. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> and honestly, I, d- I was surprised by how much it impacted his career. I was surprised by that as well. Um, and it was hard because I feel like I don't really remember this story too much when it was actually happening. So it's hard for me to remember like the actual news buzz that was around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like towards the end when they're talking you know when he like goes on to be drafted in the NFL and everything this whole thing spurred because Naya just wanted like male attention yeah and now it's like fast forward and like because all of these other things have happened like Manti didn't have a professional football career it like ruined him and it is interesting because like I don't he didn't break the law or anything you know So I I just thought it was crazy because, you know, I honestly, I I feel bad for both people involved. Um, Obviously, I feel like Lanaya, as much as I want to feel bad for her because of her situation, Uh it's also like, girl, why, (laughs) why, why did you think this was a good idea? Like this was, this was just too far. She took it too far. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I just don't understand why people started jumping to the conclusions that they did once they found out that his girlfriend was a catfish mm-hmm. and that she didn't actually die. I don't understand why they immediately jumped to the conclusion that he had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. He made her up. He did like he was gay, like all of right. these things, like okay, we all grew up watching Catfish. This show was on in 2011, 2012. Like this was not a phenomenon. Like Uh people know that this happens and they just immediately were like, he made her up. He killed her because he was tired of of her. He's gay. Right. It was just like, like, uh, uh, he's hiding his homosexuality, especially when they found out that it was a man who at the time was a man. Why can't y'all just assume that he is a nice person and made a genuine connection with this person that he thought was real was he a little naive in not recognizing that if you don't see a person for three years there's something up yes but there are a million people that fall for that nonsense every day and he was a a mormon boy okay (laughs) he he didn't know on his mormonism exactly he and then he went to a super Catholic school. Okay. Right. This man was not exposed to much. Right. And also too, you have to consider like the circumstances of his life. This was probably like the perfect sort of quote unquote relationship for him because like mm-hmm. he was going to class every day. He was practicing 10 hours a day. I made that yeah. up, but like he's practicing all day, every day. So he just has the, this girlfriend who lives in his phone and like pipes him up every day. Exactly. That sounds nice. Like who wouldn't want that, you know? Right. And I like Manti, I, this whole thing could have been avoided if he wasn't such a good person. I feel, mm-hmm. I really do think that he is a good person. And I think he has a really genuine heart. Yeah. Now, of course, I think he was naive, Mm -hmm. but also kind of like the joke is on us too, because the reason why Lene was able to keep doing this was because no one like asked the questions that Deadspin did, which was like, who is this girl? And when they said like, they couldn't find a single picture of Manti and Lene together because it didn't exist because they never Mm -hmm. took a picture together. Like that is just like, what? So I can't like. I can't fault them like Lene kept going because just no one was catching on exactly and I remember there was like a point where his friend said something like you know I didn't address the concerns that I had with him because I'm his friend and I want to support him and he was happy I was like excuse me sir if you were trying to tell me that you knew this was a catfish and you did not tell your best friend like hey dude maybe this is a catfish then Uh you were a terrible friend okay yeah 
I mean, or like even just, even just like bringing it up and like asking questions about it. Yes, like being like, why can't you ever see her on Facetime? Why has she never come to visit? Why has she never let you visit? I why know. is she all of a sudden in a coma and has leukemia and didn't die from that, but then dies later? Like, yeah, that would like that whole thing was like they kind of like skimmed over the leukemia part, right? So then it was like <laughs> when she got quote unquote died, like didn't didn't they say originally that she was in a car accident but she was like in a coma and has exactly exactly and then he says something like he was on the phone talking to her and then the nurse said oh whoever you know (laughs) is talking to her that's the most activity we've seen out of her since she's been here and he's like I'll talk to her every day and then like on their last conversation or something she said like how do you say his name again I'm sorry Manti Manti I always like want to say it all together Manti Teo um, it does just like roll off the tongue it does there, she was like Manti or something and yeah. I'm just like this bitch had way too much time on her hands <laughs> she was just like concocting her own soap opera and I mean it makes sense when she says that like she was living this life and when she chose to like it was like literally like she was like killing part of herself because she probably mm-hmm. spent that much time and spent that much energy into the Lene character. Exactly. And that's why I have such conflicting feelings about w- did they ever share what she actually goes by now? Anaya. Anaya. Okay. No, just so- regular Naya. Oh, excuse me. Naya. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> Naya obviously if you didn't see it was born a boy um and felt that she identified better as a female mm-hmm. but her family was very traditional very religious and she felt that she could not live her life that way so she would go on the internet and talk to men so that she could be a woman essentially and so you know I get that like I can't imagine what that must feel like to mm-hmm. feel like you're not like, in the. I can't the, fault her for that exactly that know? is not what I fault her for exactly I don't fault her for that um I'm happy for her that she is finally getting to live her best truest life and is getting to do it within mm-hmm. her culture and has a lot of supportive people what I will not support is how far she took this situation with our mans right manti 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 why (laughs) manti 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 teo manti teo (laughs) she took it too far she didn't have to kill herself she didn't have to have a three-year-long relationship with this man right like he literally was in love with her and ruined his life she really did. She really did. And the thing is, like, I could feel like the legitimate emotions coming from both of them that they mm-hmm. like, regardless of the whole, like the circumstances of, every- of everything, they legitimately like had a lot of emotions and attachment to one another. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think any, obviously it was all like concocted, um, but yeah, it, it was kind of you mentioned now that she's like living her best life. She seems to be in a community that kind of like embraces um, like non-binary genders. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not the right way to phrase it. But basically she was saying that like no one cares if you're a woman yeah. or a man. Mm-hmm. Like there really is no difference. So it seems that she is living her best life. And that is great that like she was able to reach this point now where she feels like she's her true self. But like look at what she left in her wake (laughs) I know and like thank god he did end up getting drafted into the NFL but like she really could have ruined his entire career for him because he was like low on a totem pole pick like right it was not in the first few nights (laughs) um one thing I will say though is that as a catfish, Naya stands out among the rest because she actually did talk to him on the phone. Yeah. Obviously, like they didn't do any video chat or, or anything. And she said that when she would call him and they would video chat, she'd be like, oh, that's weird. I can see you, but you can't see me. Yeah, my phone's cracked. <laughs> but she actually did talk on the phone 
with him, which a lot of catfish don't do, but somehow she was able to like make her voice seem believable. She was also able to be uh Lene's cousin and Lene's brother and and brought the baby to see him. I don't even know. But one of my most favorite parts was probably when she still as he at the time went on Dr. Phil. Yeah. And they played the voicemails. And she was talking, and she was like, bro, like you're out here playing the voicemails. Like, come on. And I'm just in there like, you made your bed, now lie in it. I know. I and know. Dr. Phil was like, come on, do the voice for us because like the FBI and intelligence <laughs> people say there is a one in 10 million chance that this is your voice. And he was basically like, no, I get into character. Like that is me, but I cannot do it right now. Like it requires a lot of preparation. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you have to like those voicemails it sounds like a girl yeah yeah for sure for sure um so of course when we watch documentaries we have to comment on the production value so you mentioned dr phil when i didn't think that dr phil was actually going to be in the documentary but lo and behold there he was there he was Um, what did you think of the production of everything I mean, I thought it was like fine. Like there wasn't really anything that stood out to me. You know, I thought it was pretty like average documentary style. You know, I felt like both parties were in like a dimly lit room. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like fine. Like I don't have any complaints about it, but there was Mm -hmm. nothing about it that I was like, wow, I really liked when they did this. Um, I thought they had all of the interviews that they needed to have. I thought they gave, you know, I wasn't left with any questions really of anything, but Mm -hmm. nothing really blew me away. See, that's why for me, the production was 10 out of 10 because they covered all of their bases. Like how many times have we been recording and we, you know, watch a documentary and it's like, I really wish we heard from this person. Yeah. They had all of their bases covered. They had a dude from Notre Dame talking. They Mm -hmm. had Manti's family. Mm -hmm. They had his friend, like they had Dr. Phil. I thought that they had all of their bases covered. And I think between Manti and Naya, both of those people, I think, just lended themselves very well to like great interviews because mm-hmm. it seemed like they were both just like really passionate and emotional people that it to me just made for like really great TV. Because yeah. like when Manta is talking about the way that he fell at certain parts, like I felt that emotion because mm-hmm. I felt that he was like conveying it well. Right. And it also came off as conversational because they would like ask a question and he would like start and then he'd be like, well, well, wait, let's talk about this for a second. And it was one thing where you're like, okay, like I actually feel like I'm listening to him genuinely respond in this moment and not just like giving a pre thought out answer right or like you know they set him up for something exactly yeah um so I I felt that like that made it even easier to to follow the story even though I kind of got lost in the details of like I was also confused like I was kind of under the impression at the beginning that Manti and Naya knew each other but yeah but I I I don't think that's true though. Like I yeah. think Naya just, they explained that. I think she just like found his Facebook profile and they started yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they knew each other, but I was mistaken on that. Or like, I thought she was also from Hawaii, but I think she was from California. Yeah. Yeah. I can see like that being a little bit confusing because they don't really ever discuss that. Like it's not something that's ever really addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, and going back to what you were talking about before with like the way that this, the the whole situation, like got so much news coverage and like ruined his life. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was because that was back before me too. And people were like not getting accused of sexual assault every other day. So like Mm -hmm. they had to find something to pick on somebody about before now we actually have like legitimate serious accusations against people all the time. So they were talking about, I remember he brought up how there was like a magazine or whatever, and it said like most hated athletes or whatever. Yeah. It was Tiger Woods. I, I know about Tiger Woods. And then him and Lance Armstrong. What mm-hmm. what did Lance Armstrong do? 
So I'm pretty sure that like, again, that was like, they kind of glossed over it and I was like, Lance Armstrong. Um, I think that was around the time. So do you remember like in the 2000s, he had cancer, he had right. testicular cancer. Everyone in the world was wearing Livestrong bracelets. Yes. I remember that era. You know, just sure. like absolute craze. Um, you know, so a lot of people were rooting for him. Well, they, um, they found out in the 2010s that he was doping which is like it's the same thing that the russian athlete the olympic athletes got in trouble for mm. and it's kind of weird like you're not actually doing any like performance enhancing drugs like the the word doping would make you think that it's like mm-hmm. something about a drug but it's something about like you um sorry i'm like going into the weeds on this but <laughs> something that you like they draw your blood and like somehow like expose it to air or something like that so it comes um it becomes more uh oxygenate oxygenated Uh and then they put it back into your body and then your body can like move the oxygen around your body more efficiently because there's more oxygen available so it like makes your athletic performance better so anyways so they found out that he was doping so it was like you know everyone loved him he you know beat cancer was one of the best athletes in the world and then found out that he was like doing something illegal so to put Manti Teo in that list I think that's what I'm saying my god (laughs) with a cheating husband because again like he didn't do something illegal in his sport like Lance Armstrong did and b he didn't have 200 mistresses like tiger woods did yeah exactly he literally got catfished like yeah damn yeah and like it it is sad because obviously people then of course like as soon as they found out that it was a hoax it was like oh so he lied about his girlfriend dying he made that up when it was like no just naya made that up yeah because she was tired of being lene Yeah, that's still what does not make sense to me. I just can't believe that that was like everyone's immediate conclusion. But Mm -hmm. I think even the guys who released the original story were kind of like, yeah, we did the digging into this, but like we never accused him of doing anything. And it just shows how the media will just like take anything and spin it however they want, because it's like, that's not what we said in our article. Like we said that she is not real. We never said he made her up like yeah that was a huge insight for me because like you said they're like we didn't ask about his sexuality we don't care yeah. about his sex life it's just that all of these other news outlets didn't do any sort of research and mm-hmm. didn't find a picture of them together and also too they were all reporting like different timelines mm-hmm. of the death like the time between the death of his grandmother and Lene. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where's the consistency? Like, don't y'all question like where this information is coming from then? Yeah. Aren't y'all supposed to like fact check? Right. That, like, isn't that why you exist? Fake news before fake news. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how would you think now, like 10 years later, if this were to come out about um, a different celebrity, like, how do you think the world would react do you think that we would all react the same way I I genuinely don't think so I think that like catfish has become like such a non-phenomenon at this point Mm -hmm. and almost like kind of the norm because a lot of dating is online now yeah um so I feel like people would probably be like dang that sucks sorry right and it like you never realize until you watch shows like catfish where it's like you've been talking to this person only through Facebook for three years and they ask if you can send them a thousand dollars every month and like (laughs) you know what though so dumb exactly and honestly you know Mr. Darwin said survival of the fittest Mm -hmm. we should let those people do whatever they want to do and whatever it leads to for them that's on them okay we've got to weed out those type of people I'm just saying if you are dumb enough to fall for something like that and think that it is genuine come on if you go broke from sending some Russian woman two thousand dollars a month right because because her mama and papa (laughs) prostitute and pimp and stuff and 
she has to get out on the corner if you don't send her money no no i took a turn yeah i i don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind i apologize <laughs> just some unfortunate circumstance <laughs> yeah but if um, you believe that you just so this is a nice little preview, but actually on 90 day fiance, there Ooh. is a 60 year old American woman, you know, divorcee, just kind of like frumpy Midwestern lady uh-huh. who meets this obviously like ripped, beautiful British actor online. And they mm-hmm. start dating mm-hmm. online, of course. Mm-hmm. Turns out he, he comes clean. He's a catfish and he's actually a 30 year old indian man they they were like oh well well i guess she was like well i still like you and now fast forward they're married oh my god she like (laughs) i mean i guess you know a moral of the story is sometimes they'll like you enough to see past your lies right exactly because it's like at the end of the day for me a catfish is not even just like am I physically attracted to the actual person you are? Mm -hmm. It's more so like if you can lie about who you are for multiple years, how am I supposed to trust you Mm -hmm. about anything? Right. I mean, it would be impossible. That old lady said, look, I don't have much time left. I'm going to do what I got to do. And of course, so she, she ends up moving to India um, where of course, like arranged marriages are the norm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess his parents already had him in an arranged marriage and it failed miserably. And he divorced that woman. And now he married the old lady, but his parents are like disowning him. So, Oof. um, that turned into a whole situation. Um, but going to back to what you're saying about like, you know, emotional connections, maybe that's why I felt that like this documentary was so powerful and believable was because, I think like Naya was legit playing herself. So like the connection that they actually had, it was between Manti and Naya, mm-hmm. but obviously Manti just thought it was someone else. So I think like, and if you talk to a person every single day for three years, like how are you not going to develop an emotional connection with them? Yeah. And honestly, too, like, I really believe if she just would have come clean, I obviously Mm -hmm. don't think that they would have still had a romantic relationship, but I do think he still probably would have been her friend and felt like, oh, I'm sorry that you're in that situation. Like, I'll be here for you if you need me. Like, I don't think he would have, like, ripped her a new one and been (laughs) like, go jump off a bridge. (laughs) I just don't. I just don't understand like how she saw this playing out better by keeping it going and then killing herself rather than just coming clean. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all just, I mean, who knows, who knows what her intentions were in terms of the timing, the timing like could not have been more awful. Maybe, you know, when he decides that he's going to go into the NFL draft, maybe then she's like, hey, I'm not like getting dragged into this. So I'm not real. (laughs) The timing was terrible. And like you said, obviously her way of going about it was the worst. Absolutely. (laughs) And like, I would like to know what in her mind clicked where she was like, I know that I told him I died. But maybe I was reach back out. Yeah. I miss him. So I'm going to actually revive myself. Yeah. I'm going to actually, I are, I had already ruined his life. Like he had his grandma die and who he thought was his loving girlfriend of three years died within allegedly a short span of time of each other. Um, and you could see that reflected in his playing that it really hurt him. So maybe I should just shake things up and come back from the dead. And just come like a whirling dervish back into his life. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. I like it. I feel like, again, that, that she might be one of a kind. I would like to know if there was a catfish that killed him or herself and then decided to revive themselves. <laughs> yeah, that that would be something. 
I guess. I mean, maybe we'll we'll have to email Neve and ask. <laughs> yes. Neve, we're doing research for our podcast. <laughs> have you had anyone kill themselves and then bring themselves back to life? We're we're curious. I'm hoping that he just has like a giant spreadsheet of like every catfish and yeah, and what the you could just like type in a code in Excel and it's <laughs> like, oh yes, here's this filter one. It. <laughs> <laughs> so would you recommend this documentary to someone else? What are like what are your feelings about it? I would. I definitely thought it was interesting. Um, I do feel it would not be for everyone. Okay. I I don't think it's something that just anyone would watch and like enjoy it. I don't think. Mm. Um, and I think that's mainly because it's just like, I feel like it is a lot about a relationship. You know what I mean? And I feel like there are a lot of people who don't want to sit and watch something about yeah. someone's fake relationship like I could see people being like why the hell am I watching this like it was yeah. a catfish like this girl is not real so if that kind of thing annoys you or you think that sounds silly you probably wouldn't like it mm-hmm. but if you like the show catfish you would definitely enjoy this documentary yeah yeah I did that's the thing that like like I said I kind of knew what the story was going into it but I was still like really captivated by it the whole Mm -hmm. time and like all of it was like very compelling information I was definitely into it yeah Um, but if you thought catfish was annoying and you like got upset about how dumb these people were (laughs) don't watch this documentary that's all I'll say it's just one poor mistake after another exactly I personally loved catfish I watched (laughs) it religiously Uh my favorite episode is is when she, he I know where and, this is going yeah. and it's the guy who I guess is gay <laughs> and just likes to wear wigs it didn't seem like he identified as a woman and his cousins with him and you know he's he thinks he's in jail because he's having to make collect calls and they go driving all around town trying to find this house and they're like man we've gone down every avenue there's like no <laughs> indication that this person is even a person (laughs) and then the cousin's like it's me I'm the catfish (laughs) and he asked her why she did it and she said well you shouldn't have called me a fat Kelly Price (laughs) in her like bright pink pants and yellow top I will never forget that that is well you shouldn't have called me a fat Kelly Price (laughs) conned this man and pretended to be a catfish because he called her a fat Kelly Price. That, my friends, is the ultimate level of petty. I mean, it doesn't get any pettier than that, I don't believe. It doesn't. That's iconic. Like, you would think, I mean, at least I would, t- if I knew that Neve were coming, I'd come clean. I wouldn't go so far as to be in the car driving around watching them. The yeah, watching them. You know, she was back there trying to keep her, her cool. She wanted to laugh. She wanted to just crack. She <laughs> crack up. She was like, these fools are driving all over God's green earth looking for this catfish. And I'm in the car with them. But she, she waited for the perfect moment. She sure did. I tell you what, she really, oh my gosh, do you remember in college where it was like that meme where it was like scam the day before the day scams you? Yes. That's her. That's her. Joanne, the scammer who could forget. Oh my gosh. Yes. She woke up and she was like, who am I going to scam today before I get scammed? (laughs) It's true. I feel like it's a very effective way to go about life. Indeed, it keeps you on your toes, keeps you, you know, agile like a cat. Right. Um, so is there anything else that you want to talk about in regards to Manti, the whole situation, Naya? No, I don't think so. All right, cool. Well, then I guess we will wrap up for this episode. This has been episode 29 oh of A Case God. for the FBI. So next week, we're going to do... Well, I feel, I feel very blessed because a few weeks ago we did John and Kate plus eight. And now we are doing one of my other absolute reality TV staples. I'm so excited. And that is of course, none other than 90 day fiance. Yes. I mean, it doesn't get much better. It really doesn't. Um, so Cassie, this will be your first rodeo with 90 yes, days. I have seen before the 90 days never a full season just a few episodes here and there never seen the true og 
90 day fiance. Okay. Okay. So I will tell you that. So some of the couples are new in that we've never met them before, but then some of the couples have been on previous seasons and that they've been on before the 90 days, or they've been on, um, some other variation of, or they've been on, um, 90 day fiance the other way when the American goes to their country, but now they're all back in America trying to get their K one visa. So there are, there are going to be some couples who like have an established history. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think they do a good job in the beginning of like catching you up to speed. So it should be good. Okay. Um, but then of course now in this show, it is the 90 days, whether or not they make it down the aisle. Exactly. Okay. I'm thrilled. Um, we're going to be talking about the, if y'all watch 90 day, the season that just wrapped up like a week or two ago, just regular 90 day fiance. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Are you looking forward to it? I certainly am. I mean, you know, before the 90 days being my first exposure, um, it was a true delight. Um, I very much enjoyed it. So I am looking forward to my first experience with the OG. All righty. Well, y'all can look out for that next Wednesday. We will see you there. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to know what y'all think about Untold. Um, if you thought it was the craziest story you've ever heard, if you think that everyone in the documentary is an idiot, let <laughs> us know. So you can follow us on Instagram. We are at a case, the number four, the FBI, um, or shoot us an email. We are a case the number four, the FBI at Gmail. Um, So let us know. And thank you guys as always for listening. We really appreciate it. We so appreciate it guys. (laughs) So next week will be episode 30. I can't believe it. 30 flirty and thriving. Yes. That unfortunately is a little bit too close to home for me as I will be 28. (laughs) (laughs) okay well that is much farther away in time than just next week episode 30 so yes that's true thank you we'll just deal with one thing at a time you talked Um, me off the ledge (laughs) thank you guys for listening and we will catch up with you next week bye Bye.